0: This is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Brady Quinn, it's draft day, baby.
2: It it's is draft, draft day. day. That's right. And we don't need Kevin Costner, nope. okay? We don't need some fictional movie. Nope. We've got real stories from draft day right here on Right now, it's leading up to tonight, the first round, uh, and I'm glad. By the way, you corrected your uh, your grammar there yeah. for a second because well, I mean, everything's still being evaluated at this point. Yeah, it's, it it's is, all on the it, table. It
1: still. is. Uh, yeah, it is uh, all about grammar, and we try and be as professional as uh, possible on this show. It's uh, what we try and do. That is that is our goal. It's not really that we provide good content or you know any sort of grab ass. <laughs> it's that we are broadcast professionals here on right. Fox Sports Radio. Right. Uh, now, well before, and I was thinking to myself got to be great to get somebody on the show who like knows what draft day is like, right? And as you mentioned, not that crummy movie, and I should I shouldn't say that I speak out of turn because I've never seen the movie Draft Day. Uh, I've oh, heard it's you it no, never seen it. Well, you yeah. told
2: me you're a huge Kevin Costner fan. You I mean, am. You Said you saw everything from Waterworld uh, to Last of the Mohegans. Um, I mean, Bodyguard. Yeah,
1: you know, you know, Bodyguard. Bodyguard. Yeah, Bodyguard, yeah. the Bodyguard, Bodyguard. By the way, yeah. is a movie. Um, uh, is it the Natural. I think The Natural. One. The, na- well, no, the Natural no. was uh, Robert Yeah. I, was, well, I mean, like, you're forgetting about James. G- it was a baseball movie, J- yeah, um, Bull Durham, Bull Durham, um, there you go. and then uh, for for love of the game, which is an awful movie, uh, where he oh, almost cut he almost cuts his arm off with a with a table saw, which is uh, almost impossible to do, almost ruins his pitching career. Spoiler alert, it's not uh,
2: impossible. And,
1: yeah. and then uh, JFK, yeah, I think we're we're forgetting uh, JFK as well too. You know, so, so isn't
2: there like the uh, Mister Brooks or something like that?
1: I have no idea. Untouchables. Yeah. He, he's know, got the, I yeah, see yeah. a ton of movies. Yeah, The Untouchables. By the way, The Untouchables was actually offered to Deshaun Watson. He declined for some reason. That makes I don't know. sense. <laughs> that <laughs> makes know. sense. Not sure why. Uh, why yeah, that I mean, it, it, that movie we should be called Untouchables. <laughs> we, we are off a and running. A of Untouchables. Uh,
2: yes. um, <laughs> can, can I give you one quick observation about a... And this is a behind-the-scenes, okay? So I don't, I don't want to make too much of this moment, but... I'm going to peel back the curtains and go behind the scenes of something that occurred yesterday.
1: What the hell do you know about getting drafted in the NFL, huh?
2: No, no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. This isn't that sort of tease. This is about a current top prospect, okay, who is lined up for something. So, just so people understand, this entire week, one of the neat things about being a prospect is you can get paid. There is a ton of marketing opportunities and so one particular guy who's a top prospect in this year's draft, let's just say he's polarizing, uh, he happened to make a comment before he came on air with us about, <laughs> with, with our reporter saying, if you ask one negative question, I'm going to walk off the set. <laughs> and everyone happened to hear it in the control room and, and throughout, and we're all like, what? Like, First off, you're promoting a product and you're getting paid for it. Like, imagine walking off of an interview and you've got the branding (laughs) of a product on you, regardless of how tough the question is. That's part of the deal, pal. That's a, you're
1: in the NFL now. That's a you have bold the approach. To the tough that is a bold approach. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and so, uh, are you able to uh, to unveil who this uh, individual no. might be? No, right. but like I said, he's a top prospect, very polarizing. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and I think if you follow the draft closely enough, you can connect the dots. He, he can, but can I to, guess uh,
1: what conference he's in? Uh, I'd rather
2: not. Okay. I'd rather not, because I, I honestly probably shouldn't be, you know, should be giving this out there. But it is only added to the smoke that I think is around this particular prospect in regards to how he operates. You know, and I think there's, there's a lot of mixed opinions, but that's what you get right now. You know, right before the draft, you get. A
1: and uh, interesting. So- about. Go ahead. No, sorry, we had a little bit of some technical glitch there. So uh, you're, you okay. momentarily went out. So just uh, making sure we're all good.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. all good here. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that's really interesting about this particular moment in time is I remember my draft day and being offered a contract from the Oakland Raiders. Now, at that point in time, Jamarcus Russell, who ended up going number one, Calvin Johnson and myself were all offered a contract. Now, the contract was very vague. I remember one of my agents came up to me about it. He goes, I don't know what to make of this. It's just a bunch of percentages off of last year's number one overall pick. There's no hard numbers to it. There's a lot of vague language in it. I'm not even really going to entertain this. And I always thought in the back of my head after the draft, the way it worked out, obviously didn't go to the Raiders in number one. And went went to the Browns at 22, but I remember thinking to myself, "What if I just said yes, and signed up to this very vague, obscure contract? What would the Raiders have done in that case? <laughs> or, or, or were they trying to leverage what was already there with Jamarcus Russell? Since they had, and I remember when I went and visited and went out to Oakland and spoke with Lane Kiffin and spoke with some of the other members of that staff and organization." And they were like, we really like you. Landon obviously had been at Southern Cal. And so he had known me throughout my time in Notre Dame. And, and so, meanwhile, like we're watching film, we're talking, you know, having a good time. I, they, they told me flat out, they're like, Al Davis wants Jamarcus. I said, okay. <laughs> Kind of I'm not really sure the point of being out here right now, but I'll, I'll go up and meet him and talk
1: to him. So to that was you, how that it was to show you the nice facility they play in. That was the uh, that's
0: exactly yeah.
2: The well, I mean, look it, at that point. They were in Alameda, and and it, w- it wasn't that bad of a facility, especially considering it happened to be a nice day and and, and all that good stuff. And, and obviously, the Bay is, is is a nice area. So I, I, I had no problem. I mean, I hadn't really been out there much, so I, it was fine for me. And talking out Davis, who's a legend in regards to how the NFL came together. Um, it was still like a really neat experience, but I just I found it kind of interesting. But that's just one of the many things that's happening right now is whoever's the number one overall pick, and there's obviously odds to that right now, it's, it, they don't usually start negotiating right away um, because they don't necessarily have to, but the contracts are so simple they could if they wanted. But a lot of that stuff right now, I mean, usually in a year where it's a quarterback and it's very defined like Trevor Lawrence – those neg- negotiations basically start the minute his name's turned in and he's drafted by that team.
1: Is uh, so? Do you believe that? Because I mean, this would change the course of a lot of history. Do you believe that? What they were telling you was accurate, that everybody on the Raiders preferred you, but it was just Al Davis who wanted Jamarcus Russell, because that does play into the M.O. of, of Al Davis, who was all about fastest guy, could throw the furthest. Yeah, yep. Like, yep. so. So, you, uh, so that is a, a real thing. You believe that that staff, if, if they were given the opportunity to make the pick, and Al Davis said, hey, we trust you guys, you tell me who you want, Brady Quinn, you would have been an Oakland Raider.
2: I think, definitely think there's a chance. I mean, obviously, you had someone like Calvin who was a part of that, too. And, and I don't know. Those are just some of the things that were told to me. You know, Greg Knapp, who was there as, as their quarterback coach at the time, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, you know, all those all those people who were involved with that, that was just what was said to me. But like I said to you, this is that week, this is that time of year where there's a lot of things said that aren't necessarily true. <laughs> you know, it, it, and that's the hard thing to deal with is, you know, I've told you about John Gruden's story. I've been working out with him when he was in Tampa. You know, everyone's going to tell you something that The reality is the draft comes and and that's that's actually what takes place. And that's the hard thing for these prospects is they've been told a lot. Now it comes down to the day where they actually see who's going to take them.
1: <laughs> you know what's great about it? It's like, uh, hey, so what was your introduction into dealing uh, with the NFL? Oh, I was lied to a bunch. <laughs> like I was basically <laughs> well, lied to by teams, by teams.
2: Well, by the NFL. <laughs> I mean, we were the first class where they asked on camera, you know, at least from my recollection, they were asking all, all these guys on camera whether or not they'd smoked weed before. And then and, and <laughs> <laughs> we're like so this is this is confidential this is going to go anywhere They're like yeah of course not and then obviously a couple prominent figures told the truth so they had the, the day after the combine it was leaking out of the press it's just it's unbelievable
1: it's just uh, and that's why I, I just think it's fascinating because i was asking you guys about it you and lavar earlier this week like we we all like in the general population we have sort of an understanding where it is we're going to be in the next you know couple of years like, we we kind of have an idea where we're going to be if we're working at a job whatever, like I kind of have an idea that I'm going to be here at Fox Sports Radio the next couple of years. If you're putting yourself in the place of all 32 draftees coming up later on tonight, I mean, we're hours away they have no idea where their life is going. Like <laughs> they, they have no, like they have no idea whether or not their career is on the rise and they're going to be a Hall of Famer, or they're going to be drafted to a bag of crap and have to just wear it for the next three, four years, and it derails their entire life. I swear to God, like this is their well, entire life is on the line here, uh, th- proverbially speak. Proverbially speaking, so
2: right, right. I mean, there, there's about eight teams that I think you're looking at where you're saying they're legitimate contenders, and and you could say well that's because of the quarterback they have, but they all also happen to be pretty good organizations, too. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I remember the night before the draft, and my agent, we were actually at an, I had an appearance. Um, I think it was like an Xbox appearance or something like that. But we were at a party at an appearance. My agent came down to me, and he said, Hey, um, and then this was like the Cleveland Browns-Phil Savage story, where he had told me, he said, Hey, if both you and Joe Thomas are available at three, they're going to go with Joe Thomas. Phil Savage knows how much. You, you, you know want to be a Cleveland Brown. You grew up rooting for him. And what it would mean to you and your family, he wanted to prepare you for that. And I said, huh, that's odd. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a general manager in the history of being an agent. And Tom Condon's represent, you know, the, he's represent the Mannings. He's represent a lot of, of big-name quarterbacks. He goes, I've never had any general manager ever tell me this. He goes, so I don't know what, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, think about it. A guy who's the best in the industry, who's done it forever, was even shocked by this. And he goes, it's either a smokescreen or he goes, he's being honest. And he goes, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. And so once that third pick got there, and it was me and Joe, I I actually thought in the back of my head, I was like, well, I believe Phil. Because of the time I had spent with him and getting to know him, I had an inclination of what he wanted to do and what he was going to do. And so... Sure enough, he ends up taking Joe Thomas in that spot and then ended up coming back up to get me at 22. But I, even moments like that, and, and you know, you get so much information up to the last minute before the draft. And this will be a little different, I think, with, with Travon Walker and how it looks like he's slated to be the number one pick. They signed Cam Robinson to an extension, so it looks like they're not going to go tackle, obviously. right? That was the only other position that I think you would have looked at. Um, so I, I sit there and say to myself, like, Outside of that, you know, you wonder what Aiden Hutchinson's hearing right now. You wonder what Kayvon is hearing. You wonder what these tackles are hearing. A lot of stuff's been thrown around about Evan Neal and his medical grade. Um, so it's just—it's a crazy time for these guys. And as you touched on, it's the greatest reality TV there is. We like no one else are sitting there <laughs> back figuring out where they're going to live their lives for the next four or five
1: years. <laughs> and the best part is, we're gambling on it. <laughs> like, that's a bit, the, the whole thing. It is nuts. It's that's why I've always loved the draft. I, even it was when it was the two-day marathon, to where they didn't split it up and go first round, and then you had another couple of rounds, and then you finished off the draft uh, later on Saturday. The marathon Saturday and Sunday for hours upon hours. Watch it. Like I watched. All of it. I I think the draft is one of the more enjoyable and fun days of the entire year. As we talked about yesterday, college football and the NFL, are the two biggest sports in the country. It's one of the rare nights where they're on the same platform, on the same stage, being showcased, and it's going to be a lot of fun later on
0: tonight from Vegas, from Vegas, baby. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar errington and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Right now, uh, he is a man uh, who will not be in Las Vegas, but he will be covering the draft and also uh, throwing shade at Michigan and the Brooklyn Nets fan base. He is the great Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Albert, happy draft day. How are you? I'm
3: guessing you're like referencing my tweet yesterday, which, like, I mean, like that was just teed up for me. That was too easy <laughs>
1: Now, now, do you want to uh, – I, I don't have the tweet I mean, uh, offhand. Can you but, elaborate? Uh, yeah, please.
3: I love – I know. I, I, I love Adam, but, like, he tweeted, like, that Aiden Hutchinson – and, you know, Adam's a Michigan guy, so he tweeted – Adam
1: Schefter, uh, for those of you uh, – yeah. Yeah, Adam Schefter. Not Adam Levine. Tw- just want to be yeah. Fair. Yeah, it was Adam yeah, Schefter ball tweeted, washing. Yeah, go ahead.
3: I mean, he tweeted, like – he tweeted <laughs> that Aiden Hutchinson's poised to become the, uh, the second top five pick on defense in Michigan history – and first since Charles Woodson, and uh, I mentioned that Ohio State's had six of those in the last six years. So,
1: <laughs> with with the hashtag NFLU, I yeah. mean it. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't end. Um, I mean, speaking of the draft, uh, what, what are we hearing at the top? It looks like uh, Travon Walker, but what is the uh, the scuttlebutt out there that you're hearing from people there in Vegas?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell you, like it feels like there's different factions with the Jaguars, and obviously, um, you know, I think at this point they've probably internally come to a decision. I know Doug Peterson and Trent Balki met with the owner, Shad Khan, to finalize that decision yesterday. Uh, my hunch is that it's going to be Trevon Walker from Georgia, just based on the upside that he brings to the table. Um, you know, I, I had heard that the, the owner um, and, and his son Tony wanted to – um, wanted them to consider Aiden Hutchinson. I think Aiden Hutchinson was a consideration. And, you know, I think Doug Peterson had advocated um, a couple of times over the last couple of months to add another offensive lineman to try to invest back in the quarterback. But my hunch right now, based on upside, based on who the player might become in three or four years, um, and based on their needs on defense, um, is that it probably will be George's Trevon Walker. I would not totally – rule out an offensive lineman but I if I had to you know put some money down on it I'd say it'd be Walker right
2: yeah he seems to be the heavy betting favorite here Albert so that leads me to number two where Aiden Hutchinson is a slight favorite over Kayvon Thibodeau at least that's what we have um I believe it was from with DraftKings yeah, Fanduel, Draft one of those books yeah, Draft Draft Kings. Kings. yeah. so uh, i was just gonna ask you this between the two, I mean, is, is there going to be a potential surprise here? I mean, could we see any teams move out of that, you know, that, those early spots? Or do you think it's going to be a lot of O-linemen, D-linemen go- going early and often?
3: Yeah, I think O-line, D-line early. Um, you know, and I think you probably – maybe the first spot where we see movement might be six. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say Aiden Hutchinson goes second to Detroit – just based on the cultural fit. Kayvon Thibodeau's got upside, but, you know, I just think as far as what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are trying to build, you know, I I would say that Aiden Hutchinson's the fit there. And if there's going to be a curveball at two or three, I just kind of keep an eye on corner. You know, I've heard Detroit like Sauce Gardner. You know, you've heard Houston connected to Derek Stingley. So, you know, my my guess right now would be Aiden Hutchinson, then an O-lineman at three, either Icky Kwanu from NC State or uh, Evan Neal from Alabama. Uh, But, you know, if if there were to be, you know, some sort of twist there at two or three, my guess would be that it would be a corner. And I think the first corner, if you wanted to bet on it right now, would probably be Sauce Gardner. And I think his most likely landing spot is probably four to the Jets. Like I said, I think six is probably – where you start seeing action on those picks, where maybe in a Philly, you know, somebody like that looks to come up with a Carolina at six, maybe with a Giants' second pick at seven. Uh, maybe somebody wants to come up to get a corner. Maybe someone come, wants to come up to get a receiver, jump the Falcons, which is where I think the run on receivers could potentially start right there at number eight.
1: Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with the here, uh, FSR. Um, So quarterbacks, we're hearing, you know, it looks like uh, as far as the, the odds would say and everything that you've seen is that Malik Willis is the first guy to go and then you've got Kenny Pickett. In your mind, who's third off the quarterback draft board? Who's the third guy to go? And do we see it happen later on tonight?
3: Uh... You know, I, I think what's interesting about this year's class, there's a lot of disagreement on which one's the best one, you know. And I know there's an assumption that Malik Willis is going to be the first one off the board. I'm not positive about that. Like, I think it could wind up being Pickett. Um, and I I can tell you there are teams that like Corral. There are teams that like Ritter. Um, you know, I, I think, like, what you're going to be looking at at the end of the round is just it's going to be sort of who pulls the trigger, You know, you hear, like, Atlanta and Seattle, like, Corral. I don't think that it would be at eight or nine. I think it would either be in the second round or maybe they move up into the bottom of the first round. And, you know, if there was a surprise as far as the quarterback going higher than people think, I think it might be Desmond Ritter. Um, I think there's a possibility that maybe one of these teams at the bottom of the first round maybe takes Ritter. I mean, the relationship, of course, between you know the Titans head coach, Mike Vrabel, and, and the Cincinnati coach, Luke Fickles, well-documented. I mean, those guys are legitimately best friends. And, um, you know, I know what Fickles told teams about Desmond Ritter. And so, you know, could they set something up where they have an exit strategy from Ryan Tannehill, who's in the last year of guaranteed money of his contract this year? Like where Tannehill's the starter this year, they sit at Ritter for a year And then he becomes their starter in 2023. So I think most of the action on the quarterbacks, if there is action on the quarterbacks tonight, maybe 19, 20, that New Orleans-Pittsburgh turn there, like it wouldn't surprise me if maybe you see Pickett to New Orleans or or Willis to Pittsburgh or even Pickett to Pittsburgh. And then maybe like later on in the 20s, you either have a Tennessee or somebody coming up out of the the top of the second round to get the fifth-year option on a quarterback at the bottom of the first round.
2: All right, Albert, give me a surprise or something that you're kind of hearing that you're like, yeah, this is juicy. This is something that may happen. Call your shot. Be the bambino right now. I want you to point out there like you're going to jack a home run with this <laughs> and, one. And Albert, no pressure, well,
1: Albert. I'm just uh, opening up my DraftKings account right now. No pressure. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: You guys, you guys agree to like we'll erase the tape if I'm wrong. Yeah, right? That's fine. Uh, well, of course. Okay. Yeah, we'll so just it never I, I would say I would say if there's a shocker really early on, it's either O linemen to um, Jacksonville at one, or potentially corner to Detroit at two, or Houston at three. I think those are things they've contemplated. I don't know if they'll pull the trigger, but I think those are things they've contemplated. If I th- if, if there's one that would be like a huge twist, Jamison Williams might wind up going pretty high, guys. Like I I don't know. I've talked to enough people over the last you know 48 hours that 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 tell you. Like, this guy's so unique, and, I mean, maybe he's not Tyreek Hill, but the league's been looking for the next Tyreek Hill, and he brings something completely different to the table. Um, and so I think he's in play, you know, 15 to Philly, uh, maybe 12 to Minnesota, maybe 10 to the Jets, and maybe as high as 7 to the Giants. Jeez. Now, you have to be wow. comfortable with him, right? Like, that, the thing with him is... You have to be comfortable with the idea you might not get him till November, right? Like that he might be a pup guy. I think most teams are looking at it and saying, like, most likely he's going to start the season on pup, which puts him out till late October. But like the second gear he has, um, and like if you watch him, I had a I I had a receivers coach tell me just watch the guy when he gets to thirty yards and how he pulls away from everybody, and then consider how few guys can do that at six foot two um i think that there's a chance Jamison williams goes a little higher than people think and again like the receivers and it's another one of these positions where it's sort of fungible where you know one team might have one guy one the other team might have him four so i think he could wind up going behind some of the other receivers but i do think he could wind up going as high as seven Uh, to the giants uh, uh,
2: albert can i ask this because the giants have two top ten picks do you see yeah. them staying put? Do you see them, you know, utilizing those picks or trying to trade back? Or yeah. is there a wild card scenario where they might like one of these quarterbacks and maybe they would exercise that option there? I just I, – I, 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 look, it's, it's no disrespect to Daniel Jones. I just think they're a year away from being back in, into the draft looking for a quarterback. And there's, yeah. so, there's only so many opportunities you have to have two draft picks in the top ten and have a shot at getting one of these guys.
3: I – I'd be surprised, but Brady, I think it's at least notable that they haven't picked up the fifth-year option on him yet, right? Like, like so, I mean, it, it at least tells you, um, you know, if you're judging them by their actions, like, that's a pretty, I think, telling thing that maybe they're not completely sold on Daniel Jones, even as their quarterback in 2023, you know? Um, and so I, I don't think that they take one this year. What I could see them doing, though – And I think the Jets would sort of be in this boat, too, where they maybe move the second of their picks into next year or try to. Like, I think, you know, the Giants at seven, the Jets at ten, if somebody wants to come come to them with a first-round pick next year, I think that both those teams would listen to that. And I think when you're talking about the Giants in particular, it would be to set themselves up to take a quarterback next year. So you give Daniel Jones the year – And then you've got the extra capital in 2023 to go get one. And, again, I don't know, like, if C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Tyler Van Dyke or any of these guys wind up becoming that guy next year. But I know there's at least a perception out there. That the options might be a little bit better next year than they are this year.
1: Uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. So David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, gave a uh, vote of confidence for, uh, to the coaching staff, Matt Rule, and then also uh, you know, uh, was very complimentary of Sam Darnold uh, yesterday and talking with the media. Um, I, it feels like we've talked about this this week on the show. Matt Rule hasn't really been given a lot at quarterback. I mean, they they got aggressive with Deshaun Watson, didn't end up going reportedly because they didn't want to guarantee years three and four of the deal. But it's like he's had Sam Darnold and before that it was Teddy Bridgewater and then Cam Newton was brought back. What's the plan in Carolina, not only from the quarterback position, but also at head coach? Is Matt Rule safe or is he on the hot seat already in year three?
3: Yeah, no, I think he's I think he's fighting for his job and um, you know, I don't know that David Tepper after this year would do a total tear down, but you know, I think those questions are being asked and I, I think internally there's you know, this feeling that jobs are on the line. And I and I think it's more than just the quarterback, it's you know, like that they've they've changed over staff. Um and if you, you look at the roster there are still I mean, major questions, the premium positions, left tackles obviously still won, and I think they could wind up taking a tackle at six. And I think the biggest problem with quarterback guys is, like, you know, it, it feels like it's been a bunch of half measures, you know. It's like, dip. let's dip our toe in here, but not. let's not overcommit. Like, last year they really liked Justin Fields, uh, but they decided, like, let's kind of keep the light on for Deshaun Watson, if an opportunity comes along and just take a really good player in J.C. Horn. So they do that. And, you know, the half measure in Sam Darnold is sort of attached to that. And, you know, then the year before that, you know, they detach from Cam Newton and they go through a half measure with Teddy Bridgewater. And this year, if they get past the draft, you know, you're talking about maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker Mayfield, and that's another half measure. And so. Um, you know, I I think that that's sort of going to be what's tied to, 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 to Matt Rule's job security when we got to, get to October and November. It's like, can you see that light at the end of the tunnel? Is, like, the defense that they've invested in, instead of going and fixing the quarterback position, is that defense starting to become dominant? Do you see the offensive line coming together? Is there any hope at the quarterback position? So, I think as much as anything else, it's going to... Be, does it look like plan is now showing hope in year three? Uh, that's how I think that David Tepper is going to wind up judging Matt Rule again when we get to October, when we get to November. You know, and then I think there's going to be the question, too, of how engaged the players are and whether or not uh, Matt Rule can still be kind of a uh, can, can be a uh, sort of like a compelling, a compelling head coach for the players in the locker room. Because I think that that was a question at the end of the year last year when this stuff with some college co- college coaching jobs came up.
2: Albert, only have about a minute here, but want to get one more out of you. Baker Mayfield, does he get dealt at any point in time this weekend?
3: I think it probably happens after this weekend. I think the Browns are going to have to eat some salary to make it happen. I, I still think like if Seattle comes out of the weekend without a quarterback, I think that they would be in play. Um, and... Carolina, you know, they, they sort of viewed it as like redundant to the risk that they took with Sam Darnold last year, but you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think there would at least be a debate between, do we go after Baker Mayfield or do we go after Jimmy Garoppolo? If they come out of the weekend without a quarterback, I think the one thing to watch with Carolina is a potential trade down and then maybe drafting somebody like Sam Howell on Friday if they don't take one at six. So um, if they get to Saturday and they still don't have a quarterback, then I think, you know, you'd have to say, okay, now they maybe investigate Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo again.
1: Uh, get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Albert, always appreciate it, man. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, let's do it again next week. Enjoy hey, the first round. Take it easy
2: out there in Vegas, all right, you, you party animal. All right, just take it easy out there.
3: Well, I'm not there, Brady. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. safely with my with good cell phone service and strong internet connection. And I, yeah, I. I don't know at this age if I could handle Vegas it, on a weekend like this weekend. I'm there for a bachelor there, party in a couple of weeks, though.
1: Oh, here we go. Yeah, where's, yeah so sad. Where, where's that going to be?
3: I. I think we're staying at the Bellagio. I can't oh, remember geez. something like that. Boy.
0: I can't. Are you going to end
1: up in the fountain? Yeah, I was
0: Just tell me right say, now if we're going to end up in the fountain,
1: please.
3: Hey, I I, I can only take, like, a night of that now. I don't know... Right, I, I don't know like what it, what it would look like. I'm like, you know, if I did like try to do like a three or four day weekend there, I don't think the results would be really good. Ma-
1: you imagine uh, yeah. it goes viral? Uh, you know, NFL Insider jumps into Bellagio with a snorkel yeah. uh, and just, yeah. I mean, just well, ripped out of his mind.
2: Did, Jonas, did you tell Albert about what's being offered up to the number one overall pick? <laughs> you know all the business. Yeah,
1: uh, Albert, I would just. Oh,
3: that, I I've gotten these. See, I've gotten these emails before, yeah. so I can probably guess. Right.
1: Uh, just uh, <laughs> Al- Albert, just Google Google. The, uh, the chicken ranch brothel when you're not with the family and uh, giggity, 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 giggity. take it away from there. Uh, it's, uh, there's options, just letting you know. So, uh, is, all it, right. is it,
3: about, is it about, about, about like 20 minutes outside Vegas? Something
1: like that. Right? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it is something <laughs> yeah. like that. Isn't it always? Not, yeah. <laughs> so it's 20
0: minutes outside. Uh, aren't Vegas. we
1: all? Uh, all right, uh, Albert, we appreciate it. We'll do it again next week.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey,
1: it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes
3: drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Hey, by the way, did you see... um uh, Laramie Tunsil. Now, you and Laramie Tunsil have something in common. Did you know that? Rudy? Oh, yeah? Yeah, you did. Yeah, we both dropped a little bit on draft day. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you both uh, smoked weed out of a gas mask. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or
2: not. Uh, that's a reckless allegation. Uh, that is, weed
1: in my life. I know. I haven't either. You and I are the only two uh, people in, in radio, TV, mankind that have never smoked marijuana before. Uh, that is not our world. Uh, but uh, Laramie Tunsil, who uh, did drop on draft day because a uh, video came out of him uh, smoking. (laughs) It's just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. You need to
2: remind people about the backstory of that because that's what makes it, I mean, it, it was
1: blackmail, wasn't it? So, if I remember correctly, uh, and why research it? If I remember correctly, uh, his stepdad or his mom's uh, boyfriend or n- new husband, <laughs> they had had a little bit of a it's, disagreement. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't. I mean, what a you know D. No,
2: no but like the, the dynamics of the relationship too. Yeah. plays a role in all this. Like how big of a d bag. Does your stepdad or your mom's new boyfriend or whatever have to be in order to pull this sort of move? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, th- I think about, it, like, what did he want, money? Otherwise, he's going to release this photo. It's just, it's ridiculous.
1: And so the, uh, the photo comes out of uh, Laramie Tunsil smoking weed out of a gas mask. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, a, just the whole thing is just hilarious. and I, mean, um, I,
3: I know
2: some people who looked at it and goes, whoa. He's, he's got some good cardiovascular ability. He's got some <laughs> I mean, strong lung capacity.
1: He's, he's like one of those uh, altitude uh, masks, you know, yeah. like you want to train at yeah. altitude. Remember when people were wearing those during the pandemic when it first came out? Uh, people were wearing those uh, altitude masks thinking, yeah, oh, this will well, protect me. And uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Here's the best part about it. <laughs> By the way, because I've actually used those for a little time before, and I was like, this is stupid. All they're doing is restricting your ability to breathe air. <laughs> And it's it's not safe. Like you, you end up getting like deprived of oxygen. You will get headaches and stuff from it. Some people are passing out, and then other people didn't realize, hey, there's no filter. It's just it's a smaller hole for you to breathe through than your mouth and nose, and so it's not doing anything <laughs> to stop you from spreading COVID.
1: It's like, well, COVID could kill you. Yeah, so could not breathing. Yeah. That could also kill you. So have yeah. fun with the uh, the altitude masks. Uh, but Larry Tunsil, so the uh, the gas mask uh, picture or video, whatever it was, came out and I. guess it was his mom's boyfriend or stepdad they had some sort of an altercation and this was his way of uh, getting even uh and so laramie tunsel ended up dropping in the draft he goes to the dolphins um and look he's had a pretty nice career i think he negotiated his contract with the houston texans if i'm not mistaken uh but now he's also uh trying to profit off uh the gas mask situation he's got an nft coming out a one of one nft how about that he's actually not profiting off of it
2: he's he's taking the proceeds and he's giving the charity see i thought a, a
1: portion of the proceeds were going to charity
2: yeah I think a portion, but again, I don't think he's profiting off it. I think he's trying to make good on all of this, and he's trying to uh help uh basically trying to help change the stigma around uh marijuana, so he's helping yeah. out those who've been convicted of. Uh, I, I believe crimes involving marijuana, and, and it's going to a, a nonprofit involving that. So I, I don't know how much he's taken off. Of. I think he's trying to give a bunch of it to charity.
1: I mean, he should give. A, you know, like instead of taking away the stigma of marijuana, I think the stigma on gas masks uh, should also be counted here. I mean, I, I, we can't overlook the uh, stigma on a gas mask because I felt like it was kind of uh, insulting uh, to portray gas masks like, oh, they don't serve a purpose no, they absolutely do. Just you know, they serve multiple purposes, and I feel like it got a well too. No. Think about the desire,
2: about by the way, of, like, you needing to get baked so no kidding, bad. Man. You go find a no gas kidding. mask <laughs> no to go get high. Like, like I just, <laughs> that's a whole nother level. <laughs> right? Like, like there's, like, sneaking to go do something right. so, like, your parents or someone doesn't see you, and then there's no full-fledged going on Amazon buying a gas mask you can smoke weed. Uh, there's like that's uh, just another level.
1: Well, it's just, it's stages, you know? Like, when you first drink, the first thing you drink is, like, ooh, you had a beer. It's like, oh, man. And then Uh, Next thing you know, you have two beers. You you told me you had a wine cooler. Well, uh, well, yeah, but again, Zima was hot back then. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Zima, Zima. hot back then. And um, and so you you start off low. You Smirnoff have a beer. Uh, Mickey's never. Yeah, Mickey's. Yeah, yeah that's what you start 40. off with. Mickey's. Yeah, Mickey's forty, uh, and then uh, just see what happens after that. And, Old and, English and, and graduate up to a steel reserve, uh, and then just see, uh, <laughs> see what you go from there. <laughs> There's uh, you know just all the stuff that's on the bottom of the shelf for under three dollars at a Seven Eleven. That's where you uh, where you look at, and so you just you gradually start to venture out into other and other territories. And now you look back and you go. So man, remember when I started out needing just one beer and now you think about all the progressions? Laramie Tunsil, I, I, where did he start? Was it was it just did he did he just smoke like a blunt or did he just smoke weed out of an apple? Like like what yeah. are the stages that you get to a gas mask? Like what's the stage right before a gas mask? You know what uh, I mean? I
2: don't know. More like the joint the size of a Christmas tree? Yeah, I have no like, idea. I, that's
1: what I mean. I've always wondered that. Like, where, where did he go from, you know, to, to get to the gas mask? Just that journey. I would love to know uh, if he could take us behind the scenes on that. But who knows? Maybe he'll make an NFT off that uh, and, uh, you know, uh, try and donate that to a charity somewhere. Uh, Alright, uh, so congratulations to uh, Laramie Tunsell uh, He's moving on with his life uh, and uh, that, that regrettable moment uh, at the uh, NFL Draft. Speaking of the NFL Draft, don't miss two pros and a cup of joe tomorrow morning live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, fresh off the first round of the draft. That's Labar Arrington and I will be broadcasting live on the casino floor. And be sure also not to miss Fox Sports Radio's draft coverage throughout the first round tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live from the Bel- Bellagio in Las Vegas. It's our very own Sticks, LeVar Arrington, Jay Glazer, former Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman, and Rob Stone, who will have you covered throughout the first round of the draft with pick-by-pick predictions and reactions to all 32 first-round picks. That's tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live from the Bellagio throughout the first round of the draft. The more you do, the better it gets with MGM Rewards. Dine, stay, play, earn on all of it. Visit mgmrewards.com for more details. Subject to earning and Redemption limitations applicable to certain purchases and in certain states. Uh, how about this? The Arizona Cardinals, Brady Quinn, have picked up the fifth year option on quarterback Kyler Murray, which means he is set to make $29 million in 2023. So Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are paired up together for another couple of years, except for the fact that there was a report that came out a couple of weeks ago that said Kyler Murray is not going to show up and play for the $5 million that he is due to earn this upcoming season. So is Kyler Murray going to get a long-term deal from the Arizona Cardinals before this 2022 or 2023 monies are going to be due to him? What do we say?
2: Okay, so do you want to have the dorky conversation, or do you just want to slap it around? Like, what are what, what we going to do here? What do you think? Um, probably on. not the dorky conversation. Yeah, come on. we do. I don't we think do. we're going to get much accomplished. It's Yeah, let's go. Yeah.
1: Let's slap it around. <laughs> I don't really have an option for that, That's but. what we did. Slappy, he, so, so, Sundays. Slappy Sundays were a thing here for okay. like five, six years on FSR. Yeah. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, they
2: were. They were. Yeah. Um, so here's this thing, right? Like there's like a precedent. Like there, there's, there's only, you know, there's only so far – People are willing to do certain things. Okay, it's it's, it works the same. Like for example, there's only so many drinks you're able to have before you kind of say, "I know what happens after I have one too many drinks in Las Vegas. I fall off a cliff. I black out. I've been there to to help, like make sure you have to get back to your hotel room because you all of a sudden start slurring and and other things start happening. So it's like I've seen it before. So you've set a precedent in your life where anytime you go out or go to Vegas, you cut yourself off at a certain amount of drinks, usually two or three you're lightweight. That that happens. Thank you. It's similar with the Arizona Cardinals organization where you don't want to have to negotiate with a player when he's got 2 years left on his deal because once you do it with one player, you have to do it with every other player. And so a lot of organizations will say we will worry about this when you got one, when you're 1 year out for free agency to give you an extension. And so it's not even so much that it's, it's, you know, hey, how has he played? Where's this team at? Because by every metric, for the most part, you would say Kyler Murray's been improved. The team's been improved. They're on the right trajectory. So it's really more about the precedent, I think, with Steve Keim and the Bidwells, the organization, that they know if they do it for Kyler Murray and Eric Burkhardt, his agent, the floodgates open, and it allows every other player – to make that cl- claim and try to get that as well. So that becomes difficult for them. That's the first thing. The second thing is there's probably some concern where they say, look at Baker Mayfield. Look at some of these other contracts or examples of players, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, who, you know, in, in the case of those two players, they were extended. And then I don't think they even made it five years with each of those organizations. They ended up moving on afterwards. Yeah. So I think there's some thought and concern, too. And then you look at Baker Mayfield, who's you know, heading in you know, to his fifth year, and they picked up his fifth-year option, but they're saying, yeah, now we don't want to sign him to an extension. We, we go and trade for Deshaun Watson. We sign him to a big-money deal. So I think there's some thought or concern there, too, that after year four is maybe more of the, the judgment point on Kyler Murray and, and because they don't want to get stuck into a long-term deal – like you know, it was with Wentz or it was with Jared Goff and have to worry about moving them. So I'm sure that's the second thing they're concerned about, uh, which you know, it, it's a legitimate concern, but I, I don't know. I, I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's as realistic as what they're making it out to be. I, I think Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. You know, do you have to curtail the system to his skill set? Sure, but his skill set's pretty darn special, especially when he's able to get out in the open space and run with the football.
1: If you're a bad football team, And you're picking number one overall, and you hire a head coach, and you draft a quarterback number one overall, and you improve every single season, and you just made the playoffs, and that guy's a two-time Pro Bowler and a Rookie of the Year, what am I missing (laughs) <laughs> I don't like look like, what do you? that's it goes back to what we said after the season when you had uh, Michael Bidwell the owner who was critical of where they were at and he was upset that you know two division rivals were competing in the conference championship game dude do you remember where you were you're were picking number one for a reason if you told the Jacksonville Jaguars last year if you told them hey you're picking number one overall but here's the thing we got a brand new head coach and we got a brand new quarterback three years from now you're going to be in the playoffs. Every team of the league would sign up for that. Yet in Arizona, there's just this question about it, and I don't understand. I don't know what they're waiting on. I don't know what the issue is. I really don't.
2: I don't know either. I don't know if it's that they're playing within a division where you've got you know other teams who've been to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl more recently. Obviously the Rams. Then you look at San Francisco. Then you look at Seattle. Um, not not as quite as recent, right? I mean, the last time they were there was what eight years ago. Yeah. But still, I mean, the Cardinals are looking at saying, "Man, it's it's been a while, and we feel like we've got a roster that's built to win." Now we need to see those results. But uh, it, look, I, I think ultimately it'll end up working itself out. Um, it, it's just. You know, some of these contracts, the monies that are are thrown at these players, it's too much for them to say no. I mean, even in the event of Debo Samuel, you know, he wants to play for a certain average annual salary. If I'm a player and I'm in his shoes, I don't care about average annual salary because that's spread out over the life of the deal. And it doesn't matter. I want to know how much you're willing to invest into me, meaning how much you're willing to give me guaranteed in a signing bonus up front. That's where I know your, your commitment to me is. That, that's where I know if you're willing to guarantee me you know, $80 million, $60 million, whatever it is for, for a wide receiver that's competitive with the market, that's what I care about. I'll worry about years three, four, and five of my contract you know, after the next couple of years. Once I get that $60 million up front guaranteed in the bank, you know, then I feel more secure with things because the rest of these contracts are all fluff. If, if you're Kyler Murray right now, you're looking at the team saying, okay, I'm getting five this year. You picked up my option. That's now fully guaranteed once they ex- you know exercise the option, which they did. That's 34 million dollars approximately. So there's the starting grounds for what you're going to negotiate into the framework of an extension for the first couple of years. They've already got it factored into paying 34 million. So you better believe that's the floor of the negotiations. And then you start working off of two franchise tags after that to create what would be like a four-year extension ballpark. Floor of that, uh, that that discussion. So that's where you start, you know, those numbers start to escalate pretty quickly, and that's why I just have a hard time believing that he wouldn't take whatever the Cardinals would be willing to offer him. I think the hard thing is, is I don't know if they're going to offer him anything because they might, they might keep coming back to him and saying, like, look at Lamar Jackson. That dude doesn't want to even talk about a contract extension because he's so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl, and, and he, he's a here before you. Like, if anyone should be getting one, he should be. He's already been a league MVP. He's already been in the playoffs winning games. Like, if anyone should be, he should be. And he's too obsessed with winning a Super Bowl. So I I do wonder if there is the precedent they're concerned about, what else they're seeing in the quarterback market, but also with you know maybe how they feel like he's handled himself this offseason, if if that's been a deterrent to them as compared to maybe how Lamar Jackson's got about handling things.
1: By the way, uh, Brady, do you remember what you did uh – the night before you got drafted. Do you remember where you were, like, specifically? <clears throat> night before you got drafted.
2: Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, what's that? 2007. April 27,
2: 2007. Yeah, so we, orig- we I, I had a couple appearances. Like I said, you know, it was different back then, right? Because you had Monday through Friday. That was all different marketing events and different things you were going to because the draft was over the weekend, all day Saturday, Sunday. Now it's a little more broken up, which I, I actually love this format. I, I wish it would have worked out that way where um, it would have just been on a Thursday night. You have a little more time to absorb it and, and relax. Because when we got drafted, I was like shipped off immediately to go pick up Joe Thomas and then head into Cleveland. And then we were in a rookie mini camp like that next week. Like I remember how this all kind of broke down and uh, not having really the opportunity to go walk for graduation and all these other things that other, other kids were able to do. Um, but the night before – we had gone to an appearance, and, and I think we were talking about this with LeVar. I think that was where like Fat Joe was performing. And it was just like, uh, it was just a, it was a crazy atmosphere, which, you know, my grandma wasn't going to be able to handle that. You know, and, and my parents saw that were like, this is a little much for us, son. And I was like, okay. Grandma K. Yeah. We ended up finding, I want to say like an Irish bar, and we literally just took over the back of it. And we probably sat there, ate, you know, had some beers and just laughed and like talked about, you know, talked about old memories and everything, just getting to that point. So uh, it was it was one of the cooler moments. And it was really the first time where, like, I was able to kind of just let loose and be around family and friends and loved ones.
1: Uh, The night before you got drafted, I remember this because I watched you get drafted uh, in a hotel lobby Uh, the night before I was at a Gwen Stefani concert with my girlfriend at the time because she loved Gwen Stefani and I I was surprising her for her birthday and um, I got absolutely mangled. I mean because I mean I had no interest in being there so I just went double fisting beers at universal amphitheater uh and i don't even think it's around anymore at a uh, universal city walk burdo it's not around anymore right universal no, amphitheater no, gibson oh my uh, yeah gibson amphitheater i got hammered and then i remember sitting down at the uh kind of hung over at the uh at the uh, hotel lobby the next day and that's when i saw you get drafted so how about that night before the biggest night of your life and uh and your radio wife later on in your life uh, was at a Gwen Stefani concert.
2: How about that? I, I'm glad someone was getting hammered. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I wish I wish I could have could have claimed that. And then by the time uh, I got drafted, as long as it took, I maybe would have been sobered up by that.
1: I but, mean, uh, I it got wasn't it. how it worked. And, and I think there was uh, what's the uh, what's the cowboy bar that was there, Berto? Um, there's also one on Sunset. Uh, Lee probably knows this. Saddle Ranch. Yes, of course you know it. Of course, yeah. Saddle Ranch was another. And I remember we went there pre-gaming, and I I probably had like. Four Four or five beers there as well too, just got buckled, and then watched my soon-to-be radio wife get drafted by the Cleveland Browns the next day. How about that, huh? Yeah, comes full circle. You know what I mean? It does come full circle. Yeah, definitely does. Well. Go ahead, give it to me. What a great draft day story! It is wall to
0: wall draft talk here on FSR. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.